Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Land Shark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to Hooks and Hoops. We've got Randy, Earl, and Kyle here tonight. Uh, the Rebels are coming off of a loss over the weekend to Georgia, 78-74. Um, it looked like a game we lost or we were losing for pretty much the entire second half, leading for most of the first half. Uh, just didn't do enough offensively to get ahead. A little late run wasn't enough. So it's the third loss in a row. We're now 1-4 and four in conference play, 6-6 six and six overall. The first half of the season hasn't exactly gone how we wanted. But, uh, Randy, let's just kind of cover the Georgia game real quick. What did you see that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like? What did I see that I liked? That's a good question, I know, Kyle. I know it's Jarkel Joyner. It, it pains me to say it. It is Jarkel Joyner. He did play well, or better. I shouldn't say well. He played better. Schuler had a decent game, 24 points. I love that. But Joyner, I mean, Joyner put up 22. That's good. I will say he played good. I hate to say it. It hurts me. I, I still don't think the kid's long-term plan, but he looked like what we were told he would look like. You know, 22 points, 9 from 17 for field goal, uh, 2 for 6 from threes. I mean, that's fine. That's about all you can ask for. It's improvement. It's improvement. If he keeps improving, he deserves he deserves the, spar- the starting, lot, starting spot. Um, I need to see consistent improvement, though. That's my issue. I want to see consistent improvement from him. If he doesn't, then, man, I don't know where they go. Because Morrell's not it. Morrell looked bad. He looked rough. I know he had seven and three rebounds. Oh, man, he turned the ball over, though. I mean, he turned it over twice, but he only played 15 minutes. And one of those turnovers was egregious. He made an awful pass. He overthrew a guy by five feet. That was bad. I also really didn't like Buffin's play. 30 minutes and eight points. I mean, he had six rebounds, but he also had three turnovers. I mean, that's not a lot of points from the guy who was third. Because I kind of want to stop you there because that's a good point you're bringing up. The longer we get, the deeper we get in the season, it looks like Buffin is not the offensive guy that we kind of were hoping he is. And it's showing our offense is struggling because he's just not stepping up. You had 30 minutes, eight points, four fouls. Can't have that. And then, like you said, the three turnovers, he's just – only six shots taken. It seems like he's not doing enough offensively for us. He's not. I got a question on that. Um, Good. Just kind of looking at these stats here. Obviously, Schuler and Joyner uh, took 19 and 17 shots, respectively, between the two of them. And so then, like you guys were just saying, Buffin only had six shots. Is this now more of these other two are not passing the ball around to get it to him, or is he just not taking them and he's passing it around? So here's kind of, and this actually leads into, we're going to kind of touch on first half of the season, what we've been doing wrong. And I think you nailed it right on the head right there, Earl. I think it's, we're taking bad shots and we're, the offense isn't going through the right people necessarily. It seems like the longer, every game we watch, it just seems like 
guard play seems to be the eggs that we're or the basket that we're putting all our eggs in. It seems to be that we want our guards to be taking these mid-range shots, these inefficient 20-foot shot jumpers. They're not three-pointers. They're just a step or two inside and they're not it's not getting it done. It's it's a bad inefficient offense. So I believe we rank 11th in free throw attempts in the SEC. We're 13th, I think, in free throws made. So that's one way of it, it's inefficient is that it's not getting us to the free throw line because they're just jump shots. You're not getting fouled there. Um, the other way it's inefficient. How are we 13th? Who's 14th in that? Oh, in the shots made? In the free throws made. Or free throws made, I mean. Uh, South, South, South Carolina. Good Lord. But – I mean, they've only played. It's a well. All right, that's a small sample size. They've only played like I don't know. COVID's only got them at like six games or something. Yeah. Okay. That's not a percentage. It's a number of shots. So we will be. We will be last. No, 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 no. It is. It's free throws made. So it's no. It's not a percentage. You're right. I don't. Okay. I don't have a calculator in front of me. It's probably. We're probably down there in the bottom. I don't know. Two probably or three percentage. Probably last. But. I mean, you know, bottom line though, it's it's an issue that we're not getting to the free throw line, and when we do, we're not making the free throws. Um, and no. I think that's a lot a lot to do with shot selection. We're taking a lot of mid range shots, and I mean, you could you could watch the Georgia game; it was constant. And Jarkel Joyner was making him to his credit this game, but that is pretty much his game. He doesn't drive as much. Um, he pulls up, you know, fifteen twenty feet out. Um, so. On Kyle's point of we're not giving the ball, we're not running the offense through who we need to move to. Romello White, why did he only have 23 minutes against Georgia? Why the did man, he only take five shots? He was four from five, four for five. He he's only took your, five shots. He's your he best shot, post present. He shot 80. percent Why was he not shooting more? They took him out of the game at one point, and I know Kyle texted me and said, "Is Romello hurt?" And I was like, "I don't think so. I think they just took him out of the game." And it made no sense to me. In, in Run the first, through him. In the first half, they had, I believe, Kadeem C had like know, 10 minutes or something, and Romello White had only like eight. And I and could Kadeem not C figure out zero why Kadeem Well, and the reason Kadeem C came out in the first half was he had too many fouls, and he ended up finishing the game with four fouls. Romello White, zero fouls. And I do remember when I texted you that because when Romello White came in, he ended up blocking the shot for Georgia, and then we got the ball, turned it into two on the other end. I don't understand the post-selection there. I don't understand that at all. I mean, you had a bad game from Luis. Why are you not running the ball through Romello White? He is your best shooter down low. He's honestly one of your better shooters on the team, but he's one of your best shooters down low. Run the offense through him. He's having a good game. I know early in the game, I texted you, and he, he had four possessions, or four touches on possessions. He had four points, so he made two shots, and he had two assists. So he's getting points. He's putting points on the board no matter what. Why are you not getting him the ball more? Why are you allowing Jarkel Joyner to take 19-foot shots? I get it. He made a lot of those. I hate that shot. I mean, analytically, that's an awful shot selection. It's awful. Even if you're making them, it's a bad shot. So... Why are we doing this? Why? I mean, why? And I guess my question on this is we have Marshall Henderson, who's coming back to campus. He's a graduate assistant only, but obviously he's one of the most notorious Ole Miss basketball players in recent history. Obviously a guy that was known for just tossing it up and fortunately making it a lot of the times. Is he, does he have a lot of say on the offense? 
in their shot selection as a graduate assistant, or is this somebody else on Kermit's staff? That's, I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to think of this as like a baseball metaphor. It's like, you know, Mark McGuire. Yeah. He took steroids, but he comes on as a hitting coach and you know, the teams he's been with have actually done well hitting. Um, obviously we bring back one of our most prolific kind of scorers from the past. Is this though, his playing style was not really that great. And so he took bad shot selections, but they went in and he's teaching that and our guys are just obviously not making them or is there something else there? And, it, and could this actually be blamed on somebody entirely else? So is he influencing shot selection? I don't think so. I don't think his role is that big in, on this team as a coaching staff. It may be bigger than I think it is, but I really don't think he's out there doing that. And also the offense isn't really taking the kind of shots that Marshall would take. Marshall would primarily take, you know, corner threes or, you know, top of the key three. This team is taking two steps inside the three-point line and then jacking up a two. Maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't. It's a bad shot because it's hard to make. It's far from the basket. It's not worth three points. One step back is worth three points. So there's no point in taking a you know, shot from that close. So I don't think it's really a Marshall fault, but I don't know who it is. I don't know who is teaching the team on offense. I mean, it's easy to place all the blame on Kermit. I've personally been doing that lately, kind of lazily. But I don't know. I don't think it's Marshall, though. I don't think he has that big of a they, role. they also just, like, afraid to drive to the net? Like, is there just no down-low presence? We have a presence. The thing is, there is. I don't use it. Romello has a great presence. Yeah, and we were talking about it. That's the one thing from early on in the season against teams that were – very subpar that's actually kind of held true is that Romello White is still good in the post. Earl, I don't know if you remember from Texas A&M, Robert Williams a few years ago. He played center for them. Was drafted by the Boston Celtics in the second round. He's who reminds me a little bit of Romello. Romello has a really good presence down low. He's not just a huge body. like He's not Shaquille O'Neal or nothing. But he's a solid size. He's athletic. He's very athletic. He makes moves down low that make me like jump up i'm like whoa that it's was a move. so when he faces a size disadvantage his athleticism makes up for it he can go around that seven foot center who's kind of bumbling around romello just goes under him and around him <clears throat> so early in the season i'd kind of called romello a long shot like g league prospect i don't know if he's there yet but we haven't seen enough of him because they're not running the offense through him anymore He's not seeing enough minutes. He's not seeing enough touches. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a practice issue, if it's a personal issue. It baffles me. And I know during the game, the announcer said that Kermit was rewarding players for practice time. If that's true, that is, that's awful. I don't think that's true. But if you're rewarding players for practicing more, that's something wrong with you. That's not how you reward playing time. Uh, well, uh, to touch on practice time and then to go back and touch on i think what kyle was touching on a little bit too which is in the free throw realm we're shooting 65.7 percent from the free throw line you would think that in practice we would be spending a little bit more time practicing free throws if we're this bad at it um, we were just kind of talking off air mentioning 75 percent would be a pretty solid average I was kind of thinking around the 80% range where like, could we have won a couple games? Had we made a few more free throws? Maybe is this something that maybe they should be practicing a little bit more, you know, spend 30 minutes an hour after practice 
shooting, well, got, shooting around. <laughs> they got two games they would have won with it. They'd have beat Georgia, and they probably beat Dayton with it. I mean, Georgia, they shot five for 15 from free throw. That's god-awful. If they had just shot 10 for 15, they win the game. That's five more points. You would have won by one. Dayton, I think they shot, what, seven for 12 or something like that? You brought it up earlier, Earl. I don't remember the number exactly. But, I mean, all they had to do was add just a few more free throws, and they're they're winning the game or they're really back in it. And so the the free throw stuff just – Yep, seven to 12. Uh, so what, missed five, and we lost by three. So, yeah. And I will say um, some of the top teams in the SEC <clears> – <throat> They have some of the best free throw percentages. And I don't think that's correlation. I think that's just kind of how it works. LSU, top in the SEC, uh, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, they're all up in the top six. Ole Miss, number 12. I'm shocked. Good teams make free throws. Like That's kind of indicative of your whole team. If you're not making free throws, you're not a good basketball team. Just a little hint, Ole Miss fans. I did want to touch on – one thing that I have noticed. Um, so when we look at the Ken Palm stats, I know we keep looking at, you know, we still have one of the top defenses and blah, blah, blah. And we've noticed in SEC play that it seems to be lacking and everything, and especially in the recent games, even out of conference. But if you look at our numbers in conference only, which they aren't good. The only thing that really holds up from our numbers against the out-of-conference schedule, which is very lax, is the offensive rebounding percentage. And then surprisingly, we are getting to the free throw line a little more in conference. But basically, in conference play, we've been at the bottom of the league in most stats. Good. You know why we're doing well with offensive rebounds? Because we can't make Those a shot. Because yeah. we miss a bunch of shots. We have to get rebounds. That's why your offensive no, but, rebounds are going up. But, but I do think that we crash offensive boards much better than most of the SEC. I will give them credit there. We do. I'm talking shit, but we, we do. We're, we're good <laughs> at it. Um, but I know, no, like, you know, in, in conference play, and you can't just say it's because of the competition, because like we said, Florida and LSU, they were missing their top players. Um, and then we also just played Georgia and still struggled. So the fact that the defense isn't there either, I think is a big key to why we're struggling in conference play. I think it's also indicative of who you played at a conference. I mean, if you look at Ken Palm, anybody we've played worth a shit, we've lost to. I mean, Auburn was good, no. but they, they didn't have Cooper. So I don't really count that as a real win. I mean, you played Dayton. That was your first real competition. You lost. And then the rest of the conference schedule, you've gone one and four. Like, it's not good. Well, even this last game against Georgia – Georgia shot 60% from beyond the arc. Florida oh, shot, shot 43%. LSU shot 38%. Auburn, 33%. Wichita State, 45%. I mean, these are all fairly decent percentages from beyond the arc. So is our defense covering those sh- perimeter shots lacking? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't close out. And Randy and I, yeah, we were talking about that even out of conference is the fact that we are kind of getting lit up by guys from the three-point line. We make random dudes look like Steph Curry. like, And I think a lot of that is just they don't close out on open threes. Sometimes dudes are just making stuff. Like, the defense is not awful. Like, I saw multiple times where guys, like, had a hand in the face and they still were draining threes. But there's also a lot of open threes where guys are just kind of standing there looking at it. And it's like... Closing out's not hard. 
run with your hand up. That's simple. And that's just laziness. It's like, it's a, that's just an effort issue. Uh, okay, so overall, the team right now is 6-6, six and six, one and 1-4 in conference, really not looking like a tournament team by any capacity. What would you guys say you need to see going into these next 12 games to just even feel confident potentially about going into next year um, for us? Offense. I need to see some type of improvement on the offense. I mean, we've seen like Joyner had a good game against Georgia, but I'm not ready to claim that he's improving really. I want to see more of that. Um, but I need, I need to see improvement on the offense. The defense is struggling a little bit, but I, I don't know what I want to see out of that. But I need to see improvement on the offensive end. Um, I, I need to see the team not give up. I'm worried the team's going to quit halfway through the year, and that's going to be bad because you've got Vanderbilt and Kentucky to close the year out. Two games that, if Kentucky stays on this path, I would have called winnable before. I think it's a game where you won't get beat down, but it's not a winnable game at this point. Vanderbilt's probably the last game that you should be favored in at this point. Even then, I, I don't think you beat Vanderbilt. I know it's a hot take. Kyle calls me out on that a lot, but I think Vanderbilt probably puts up a good run on you. So, I don't know. I mean, confidence is at an all-time low right now with the coaching staff, and the roster. So I guess just offensive improvement is really all I'm asking for at this point. And I've been asking for that for a month and haven't seen it. So, No, I agree with Randy. Um, the main thing is shot selection for me. I don't like the shot selection. It's making me pull my hair out. Um, you're not getting to the free throw line. You're not taking shots from three. You're choosing to do this weird little 20, you know, right in front of the three-point line shot. Yeah, even if you're great at it, it's still inefficient. You're missing out on opportunities. I don't like the shot selection, which means basically I don't like the offensive scheme. But other than that, you got to shoot free throws better. We need to get better at three. Um, I have a theory on the um, the long twos, and it's kind of a dumb theory, but it's kind of fun. Dark Hill Joiner, right? Three-point god in high school. Is he used to shooting high school threes? And this is why he's taking long twos in college. And making His three point percentage at uh, Bakersfield would kind of support that. I think it was. I think it's. I think it's definitely a schematic issue. If this is around the around the team, and at the same time, Kyle, like you were just talking about, like we're not getting to the free throw line. Well, even when we get to the free throw line, we're not taking advantage of those opportunities as seen by like. I will so. say. As much as you like to harp on Jar Kill Joiner there, Randy, uh, he gets to the free throw line. I, I don't know how he does it because I didn't. I never really thought of him as that great of like attacking the basket, but he's getting to the free throw line okay, and he shoots them well. And you know, it might not be that he's getting to it okay, but he's at least converting them. Well, thank God somebody is because Lord knows the rest of the team's not. Yeah. But I mean, you outside, need... of, outside of Kadeem Shai or Sai, who's two for two at the free throw line. Jarkel Joyner is 85%, 23 to 27. So he's definitely making the most of his opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Kadeem C is um, not good. <laughs> let's just put it that way. So let's look at we have 12 games left. Um, it looks like we are predicted to win five of those on Ken Palm, um, which is a no state, Vanderbilt, and surprisingly, Kentucky. Nope. Um, just kind of, I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you, Randy or Earl, but yep. 
you know, we've talked about what we need to improve on. Say in theory, you know, we kind of hit that and everything. Where where do you see us finishing? Where do you see this team doing in the, in the second half of the season? If if they do improve, is that what you're asking? <laughs> no, all right, never mind. Let me let me walk that back. We're, let's be realistic here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kermit Davis team. Where do you see us finishing the season? Um, how many, how many win? I mean, I don't know. Realistically, or do you think twelve games? Twelve games. How many wins we get out of twelve? Yeah, uh, final record. I, I think they get three more wins, and they end the season with four conference wins. Like. I mean, look. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and I just don't see a single game left that I'm confident in. Vanderbilt's the one that the confidence is the highest in, but even then, I've been a little bullish on that game. I don't know. This I'm looking at the schedule and like A&M. Uh, you said Ken Palm predicts a win there. I don't see that. I mean, I think they lose Tuesday at State, and this team quits, and it's over. So yeah, just looking at who we've already played. You know, we're one and four in the SEC, you know, talking early on in the season, Florida, we look like we should have won that game, missing their best player. Alabama has been a surprise this year, leading the SEC overall undefeated. Um, we don't have to play them again. We did get the win against Auburn, but, you know, I've obviously dropped our last, you know, three games between LSU, Florida, and Georgia. The LSU and Georgia games are tough just because – those felt like games that we would have been very competitive in. Should we have won them uh, rest of the season? I mean, we're one of four right now. Like if we can get three more wins, like Randy said, Hey, that's actually obviously a huge improvement, which then isn't really that much of an improvement. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to do anything with. And unfortunately it felt like we had a lot of excitement about, you know, three weeks ago with this and, as of right now, it's just kind of more of what are we going to do to get through the season and where can we actually find some hope for next year? I guess my return question to you guys would be how hot is Kermit Davis's seat as of this point right now on a, like a one to 10 scale? Realistically, I think probably a five. I think it should be a little higher than that. I just don't think they're ready to make a move per se. But man, if he drops like a, I don't know, a four and fourteen season, that's hard. I mean, AK never did that, and I know he was here for a while. People got kind of soured on him, but man, I don't know. I think next year he comes into the season next year on a set, six or seven hot seat. I think. Um, I don't. Yeah, you know, I think it's like a four, three, probably three. Honestly, it's not getting fired this year. Uh, but if you're looking into next year, I think kind of depending on how this season ends, like Randy was saying, if it's a disaster, I think you kind of expect him to make the postseason next year. And if he doesn't, he's gone. Yeah. Because at this point, he's got his players. Um, you have the talent. I mean, you've been bringing in the best recruits we've seen in a long time. So it's kind of turning into a developmental issue and a coaching issue. Uh, if if nothing improves, that is, of course. Um for me, I think the rest of the season really balances on does the team quit? Because we saw that AK year in the final year. I think it was like 2018, 2017. That team quit, and mm-hmm. it got ugly at the end. Um, if this team quits, yeah, it's going to get ugly. There, you know, There's still some wins on this schedule that you can have. So I think you know you can, I think you can reach five or six wins. Um, realistically, 
probably, I mean, four or five, hopefully. Um, I don't know. So there, there needs to be some kind of spark, and maybe, maybe this week is it. So that kind of leads us into the final topic tonight. Um, we have Mississippi State this week, uh, the big rivalry game. Uh, Ken Palm actually has us losing by two. It's, a, it's an away game and everything. They've got a trio of really good scores on that team. Um, really, none of them were factors last year. Um, two guards, you know, we have trouble with guard play. They both shoot the three really well. And then uh, Tolly Smith, the forward, he's a Western Western Kentucky transfer, didn't really do anything there. So I, I think we should be able to do well inside. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What, what's your outlook for this game this week? I just I think they're going to shoot the lights out on us. I mean, they shoot threes really well. We make teams look really well from behind the arc. I just don't see where you are stopping that. I mean, rebounds, they, they rebound really well. 28th in the country. I just, I don't know. I don't see a, I don't see a chance or a scenario where Ole Miss comes in and gets a win here. State's playing really well. I just, I don't see it. I mean, they beat Florida the other day. A Florida team that eh, you should have beat, but you didn't. So it's a loss. I think it's a 10-point loss. Like I said before the Georgia game, I'd like to tune in only to be hurt again. Uh, it just seems like that's kind of the motto with this team. And, you know, until they prove me wrong, it just seems like there's just something not clicking. And, you know, this being a rivalry game, as mentioned, just seems like Mississippi State always takes these a lot more serious than we do. So the fact that we're already kind of struggling coming into it makes us kind of, I feel like, even kind of lower down on the totem pole as far as pulling out a win in this, just because I feel like they're good. Definitely going to try to take more advantage of this game than, than we are. And I don't know at the same time, maybe we can pull out the win and, and turn the season around and get some positivity going for the rest of the season. But as of right now, today, I will say it's a loss and that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I agree with you. Uh, I got to see something from this team before I, jump in and say that they're ready to win a game uh, it's a turning point in the season second half of the season really I don't know I think this is going to say a lot about the second half so I need to see something here um, it's a rivalry game so you have an opportunity here you know to prove yourselves I think a loss Tuesday um, let me try to phrase this right De- detrimental detrimental is probably detrimental to what I'm about to say yes Fan confidence is low. People are not watching. You lose Tuesday. Nobody's watching. It might be me and you, Kyle. That might be <laughs> it. Like, no one else will be watching this team. Fan support will be gone. People will be looking towards baseball season. Because, oh, yeah, after that you get Texas A&M, and then uh, realistically you don't win the next five games. Yeah. You go on a really bad losing slump. You lost to your rival. People are not going to care. They're going to give up. They're going to move forward to baseball season. I mean, you're already seeing people do it. When you lose to your rival, if you lose to them, like I think you lose to them by 10, it's done. No one cares. No one's watching anymore. And I think that, honestly, that may save Kermit a year because people won't be as mad because they won't be watching. Me and you will be watching and be yelling at him all all day. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody's watching the games. Well, on that note, um, 
I know we definitely just fluffed it up for you guys, but catch us at 8 p.m. on the SEC Network on Tuesday. Um, hopefully we end up winning the in-state rival. But until next time, we'll uh, talk to you guys again Thursday night, and uh, have a good one.